I got to give myself some props for asking the simple, dumb questions to get that out of Kareem. So <laughs> it was a beautiful, flowing conversation. Adam, yeah. That the way that you and I synchronized, it was real good. You know, there wasn't this like you know negative, oppressive energy that we deal with sometimes on the show. <laughs> <laughs> everyone welcome to crypto basic podcast and this is flagship friday september 27 2019 uh and yeah i'm your host adam ruthless levy and we've got brent philbin kareem baruke in the building say what up guys hello everybody yeah so uh on the flagship friday ep we go through all the going ons in the crypto space talk about all the big players, things that are popping up, maybe some scams here and there. But yeah, and also Crypto Basic Podcast, for those who have not listened to us before, we actually, actually, I didn't. I'm actually uh, Brent and Kareem <laughs> and uh, and uh, another uh, founder, Michael Lockie. They started this podcast maybe about two years ago at this point. Uh, just close. Yeah. Just because, you know, they, they, they felt like they wanted to have, there wasn't really a good place to go for just like, you know, basic kind of info on cryptocurrency and blockchain and Bitcoin and every, all of that in the space. So they took it upon themselves to start it. And here we are two years later, uh, what, like 250, 200 episodes in? Yeah, something like that. But we're, you didn't even tell them about our origin story, where we were born and where we grew up. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We, we were <laughs> over, we're over 200, under 250. We're getting we're approaching the 250 mark. Don't you worry. And yeah. that was it's here's the thing, Adam. Here. Adam just like ad libbed, but also read the thing that we have like written at the top of every outline. And I didn't was, read anything, bro. Oh, that was there was no. I was just, that was just off the dome. Oh Me. shit. Okay. Well, you wow. could have read and made that a little cleaner. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I forgot that. Oh, I, the I thought that... it was beautiful, Adam. It was a historical. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. To I'm the sorry, I... Crypto Basic. I'm sorry that Trump is. You guys uh, made fun Trump of me. Brent is over here trying to control the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that's very good to hear, and I'm, we're glad to have Brent back after his bout with sniffles oh, last week. Man. Uh, it seems like he's moved past that, and we're just very happy that yeah. you know is uh, is he's trying not to do. You don't realize how lucky you are until your friend comes down with the sniffles. Yeah. And uh, well, we're just we're happy you're back, Brent. Brush with back. death. Look, first of all, I had to laugh so hard at the beginning of this episode that I re-aggravated what I believe is a pulled muscle, like on the back of my neck, from coughing so much. So. So thanks for that being hilarious. That's Brent, awesome. you have a habit of that. I remember you sneezed once and you like your back was out for a day. <laughs> no, I but no, I pulled a muscle in like my stomach or something by sneezing. <laughs> and it was the most one of the most painful things that had ever happened to me. <laughs> I, I, listen, if you're a listener and you've had this happen to you, you know what I'm talking about. These guys are laughing. <laughs> it was not a, a joking matter. I sneezed. I felt this like immense pain i thought i was gonna puke ran to the bathroom didn't throw up came back out to the group of people i was playing poker with and one of them just very nonchalantly says like dude you just sneezed right and (laughs) the way he said it made me just double over laughing but the pain was so much that tears were just pouring down my eyes while i was laughing from the pain i uh i did not go to the hospital i thought it was a hernia I went into a doctor to like get that looked at, and she was just like, "No, you pull the muscle sneezing. Here's some muscle relaxers." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, do we have any upcoming episodes that have been released the past week, or are we? No, <laughs> no we're. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the answer to that would always be no. <laughs> uh, upcoming in our past releases. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, this is a this is a work in progress. Uh, I'm tasked to, as the host today, my first time, so we're trying to move it along. So let's move it along to the rapid fire, which coincidentally <laughs> I am also doing. So I'm actually Whoa, passing it. What a coincidence! What's a, what a coincidence! Right, I'm going to take over the host duties just for a little quick, just so I can throw the hail mary to Adam. So for our audience, I would just like to remind you: rapid fire section. These are stories that 
have interesting headlines. We're not going to dive into them, but Adam here is going to tell you the top line. I will start by saying that there was disagreement about what should and should not be in the rapid fire. And as you guys know, you know, Brent used his dictatorial powers to suppress Adam's speech. But now <laughs> I am giving him a platform to revolt. Adam, take it. All Wait. right. I have one thing to add. Ah, there he is, suppressing. Uh, okay, listen. It's been two weeks since we had that little discussion about Antonio Brown on the beginning of the episode where Kareem was like, oh, my God, Antonio Brown got picked up by the Patriots. They always win. Well, like, in the week that I was off, Antonio Brown was released by the Patriots. So uh, keep just to keep the non-U.S. listeners updated, that uh, yep. is that was a very relevant update know. when we talk about Brent's dictatorship and authoritarianism. <laughs> that was a very good distraction. Adam, we were talking to you before we got interrupted by something random. Uh, all right. All right. So the rapid fire. So the very first thing to talk about is Binance.us. It has been open for, I think, uh, a week or so now. No, and- no like three days, maybe. <laughs> three days. I know that there are certain states that it's not allowed in, like New York and a couple others. I think there's 13 states, if I recall correctly. Oh, but interesting. Yeah, we have, I think Brent signed up for an account, and there is a referral code, a crypto basic referral code in the show notes and in the Discord. And uh, yeah, if you want to sign up for an account, just go through that. We each and, get 15 bucks. So if, as long as you do $100 worth of trades. So if you buy $100 in Bitcoin or you sell $100 in Bitcoin or, uh, and based on the price right now, it might be an interesting time to purchase <laughs> some Bitcoin. I don't really know. Uh, Kareem, what's the price of Bitcoin today? Well, it's, uh, it's dropped. So 8500 No, it is below $8,000. It nope. might have been 8500 like an hour ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's that. Holy crap. You're right. Yeah. Damn, anyway. even when I think I got you guys covered, I'm like, ah, no, I knew this question was coming. <laughs> yeah, you, you, were, you were trying to, like, you know, I'm use the sentiment fish, that we're giving you. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, I lowballed it, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know. They're trying to I know me. what they're trying to do here. All right, anyway. All right. Uh, also, I want to point out, like, they don't have all the assets that normal Binance has. Uh, it looks like they've got, uh, like, 10 here. Bitcoin Cash, XRP, 0x, Ethereum Classic, Binance Coin, Base contention token, USDT, unfortunately, Stellar Lumens, uh, Cardano, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. Uh, no, no Tron, Adam, I'm sorry. No EOS either, uh, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. I agree wholeheartedly with, with everything they've selected to trade on Binance US except for fucking Tether. All right. Yeah. And it's understandable too, though, right, Brent? I mean, like, we don't like it, but it's pretty understandable why they would include it. I know why. Yeah, I mean, I know why they included it. But of anyone trading with Tether, (laughs) the one that would cover the losses is Binance. So, like, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's the most related to actual revenue for the exchange. I know that might sound kind of crazy, but, like, it might be the coin that most, like, actually makes a trading difference for them. You know what I mean? Having it on there. All right. Well, for once, it was not me keeping the rapid fire very slow. It was uh, these other two culprits. But the next article is about Kick, and uh, I know I we covered it? it at some point. But it was messaging app that I think was used for a while before. Honestly, I think it was out before maybe WhatsApp and some others, like definitely way before Telegram and stuff. But it was one of the very first. Like, maybe, I think it's like kind of post AIM. But before WhatsApp, Instant Messenger. And I feel like I haven't used it very much. I've never used it, but I remember like all of the the like catfishy like cam girl sites were like, add me on kick. So yeah. that was their use case. And uh, yeah, so apparently they're killing their messaging app to focus on cryptocurrency because they did have, I think... Uh, yeah, they have maybe, the Kin, right? They have Kin, which yeah. is like the... There was so much social media hype on that fucking coin. Well, it was a massive ICO for a call correctly. Yeah. How'd that go for them? Uh, not very well. Uh, now they are. The reason they're shutting down actually is because there was a lawsuit by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, oh, yeah. They were the ones that got hit real hard with that. Yeah. Filed that. in June over its 2017 digital token sale, which raised $100 million. And it was an illegal unregistered securities offering. 
and raise the hundred million dollars isn't even in the top 300 of cryptos today <laughs> no i think it actually is it, it, it's I like mean, i just looked it, up kin i don't know what uh is there another kin no yeah kin token is rank 353 <laughs> oh it must have i think it must have like dropped a lot because it used to be higher but this is the story that i wanted to put in the main section but the dictator brent he just <laughs> he put that in the rapid fire um but yeah so i guess ted livingston who's the ceo of the company has been working with sec for about 18 months trying to get this resolved and they just like did not the agency was not having it they the, the thing is is whether they're kind of in the right or wrong, it's more about I think the SEC needs to make some examples of some of the earlier actors to say, like, you can't be doing this stuff. You can't be operating in America or like, try, you know, raising ICOs without trying to be a security. And um, they were Ted Livingston was trying to fight and set a, a precedent for the industry, you know, and because they were saying that becoming a security would kill the usability of any cryptocurrency, which kind of seems i mean it seems like there's a lot of uh, aren't there wasn't isn't that a sco a security or isn't there like another like a security offering well you know it would there's a difference between how the project attempts to define itself and how the government will see the project based on the definitions that have been established by the individual agencies you know so yeah there are there are self-identified security tokens but I think this is talking about tokens that might not identify as a security, but they're going to recognize as a security. Cool. And uh, so they've downsized to 19 people from over 100 employees. <laughs> and they're just going to be focusing on kin and facing the lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> downsized to face the lawsuit. And I mean, this just seems like quite a shit show. I mean, I guess for lack of a better uh, phrase, it's just, why are you trying to fight the SEC? You're probably going to lose, I feel like, in this regard. I mean, they and they don't want to give up their millions. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's going to cost, yeah. Or I guess well, they, that's and this true. this is past action. They have no choice now. They're fighting. They have no choice. To, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like they're kind of, they're kind of, you know, in a tough spot, rocking yeah, a hard they have place. to defend it. Yeah. I would have to assume that they knew that this fight was coming or was a possibility at the very least. Yeah, I, I, w- I would hope so. But yeah, I think this was adequate amount of time. I know this was not the, the main story, but I mean, I feel like I got the adequate amount of time for this story to move on and be okay <laughs> Look, with it. You, still you, in the rapid the fire. The result is Kick is focusing on crypto, but nobody cares. They have like, a, they were something they're not anymore. And they're, I don't know. Don't marginalize the story that I handpicked to be in the main section. So the the next <laughs> So the next story is Blockchain Transparency Institute BTI, uh, I guess it's short for is uh, says Kraken and Coinbase have clean trading volumes. And you know, I know that we've reported about uh, or talked about uh wash trading in the past and how that has been a very kind of relevant to a lot of exchanges and there are these there are these companies that are now going in to test each exchange to see if they passed you know if there's a lot of wash trading on these uh exchanges yeah so in the same report they also revealed that 73 percent of exchanges are faking 90 percent of the volume still so i yeah. think that's and that ha- number's down yes from what it used to be <laughs> it was 95 percent from yeah. the initial report correct Wow. So that's crazy. I mean, it says, yeah. So the stat says that it's uh, down from August 2018 to September 2019. The amount of manipulation has fallen by 35%. And that's pretty remarkable. That's, I mean, that's good. It's ultimately yeah, good means for the industry. The, means the scamming exchanges are losing and, and they're not keeping their, their wash trading even going. Like they're, they're getting owned. So I'm happy with that. Indeed. And the next story is about Facebook Libra. Hey, go figure. They're in the news again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, I'm sorry. By Zuck Bucks. Yes, yeah, Zuck Bucks. 
So I think the title of this is a little misleading, so I don't want to like say incorrectly. Mark Zuckerberg says that the launch date may be in doubt because he wants to he, he couldn't say like oh we're definitely launching on the planned date that we wanted to launch and the reason is because they're just going through a lot of pushback from governments and just trying to say like hey this is uh this could definitely pose a risk to financial stability and could be used in financial crimes which is i mean Everything can be used in financial crimes, so that's kind of dumb. But it does say that it's a threat to sovereign currencies, which is also true. But so is Bitcoin. So is cryptocurrency, on, like any cryptocurrency on some level, I guess. Yeah, we're still in that weird spot where a lot of the things that they're saying that apply to the Zuckbucks here uh, also apply to some of, of <clears throat> some of the things apply to cryptocurrency. And we don't want to be in a position where we're defending Mark Zuckerberg, but... spoiler alert or no teaser 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 we're going to have an argument against this later on in the show in one of our stories wow yeah now we're gonna go to a commercial break no (laughs) so zuck posted on facebook his social media platform of choice go figure uh that (laughs) facebook is taking a more cautious approach bringing forward projects that are Sensitive to society. Uh, I like air quotes that because it's just like a funny, you know, this is sensitive to society. So we should really take, you know, be very careful and we need to work through the issues. So basically, they're just trying to get along with all these governments that don't want them there at all. And good luck with that. Do you guys have anything else to say about that before I move on? No, but I will say say this, uh, that, that, that quote, sensitive to society. I love it because you know that they want to make it, they're going to want to make it sound as narrow as possible. And they're thinking like, well, I mean, it's just sensitive to, you know, privacy, economics, public institutions. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, society. Like just think, you know, things that societies don't like. <laughs> there you go. And I mean, I also like working through the issues. Like they're like, you know, we're trying to, it just sounds very. I'm you picturing know, the whiteboard from that sprint. Where they're just crossing off all the na- the things that you can't use. I was just picturing them holding hands and singing Kumbaya, like just like trying to get it all, you know, together in harmony. Mm-hmm. So the last little tidbit before we move on, Bitcoin Lightning Network hits 10,000 nodes. And that is, I mean, you know, that's a relevant number. They're yeah. up 3.1% in the last 30 days. And unlike Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin network, Lightning network actually will make it more efficient having the more nodes that you have. I, I wasn't really keen on why Bitcoin is not necessarily is like that doesn't matter for Bitcoin, but they were just saying that in the article that like it, yeah. Because uh, the traditional Bitcoin network, the difficulties adjusting for all of the computers in the system, so it's still just a certain block size, and they're all capable of handling the transactions, but they're just competing for the reward. But on the Lightning Network, you could think of each node building additional infrastructure. So the more nodes that there are, then the more you could find, let's say, efficient routes, there's more connections in the system. Uh, Oh, this kind of sounds like a a cell phone network with their, like, you know, you have trouble getting a service when there aren't any uh, blanket on the word. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we now, I think we have an ad from Wild Foods. Wow, we're just going to tell everybody to stop listening like that? Jesus. What? All right. Oh, wow. All right. We'll edit Boy. that. Let me, let, me, let me give that a shot. I haven't actually had this. No, I have a Wild yet. Foods story to go with this one, too. So Wild Foods is currently a sponsor of the Crypto Basic podcast. You know you can use code CryptoBasic12 to get 12% off your order. You know they've got high-quality ingredients from cocoa butter to coffee to fish oil that is one of the only fish oils in existence that is certified by friends of the sea now i don't know all, what all that means i just know it's part of our branding messaging we also have like a fish oil oil that has a lemon flavor which i just tried inside of our Kerber tea uh, which we have like a loose leaf uh tea with cranberry and currants and stuff it was awesome so you don't normally think of fish oil as an additive to a flavor but anyway so you can go to wildfoods.co you can use code crypto basic 12 to get 12 percent off your order 
And Adam has tried the Wild Foods products. He loves them. Kareem has tried them. But so I asked Kareem. <laughs> to, to, I was like, hey, man, I want to send you some stuff. What is uh, what stuff do you want? And then for whatever reason, I didn't look or I was just under the impression that he never got back to me. Well, hold then, on a second. I'll explain the reason, Brent. So as a general rule, when Brent sees more than three lines, three words coming from me, <laughs> he just doesn't read it. He just he's just like, oh, K- Kareem, smiley face. Okay, done. He that's what I it. do with Brent. Yeah, well, like, it's just, it's a vicious. I mean, a virtuous <laughs> cycle. Continue, Brent. So look, so so the end result is Kareem. I asked him what he wanted me to send him, and he said a bunch of things. And then later. He complained that I didn't send him anything. And I was like, what? I asked you. You never responded. And then, of course, he sent me the screenshot of him responding, timestamped, and everything. So, Kareem, you do have some Wild Foods products on the way to you. Okay. First of all, I'm super excited about that. And second of all, I didn't complain that you didn't send me any. I complained that you sent some to Adam and didn't send me any. I got challenged. (laughs) All right? That was different, bro. I I didn't have an expectation that I deserved them. (laughs) Uh, But, okay, I'm excited. So... Uh, in other news, nobody has about. used the hashtag Girls Gone Wild Foods, and, and Colin did not like the idea at all. Uh, well, <laughs> so, you know, it's so, a work you know, in progress. Yeah, Just yeah. need the vision. We'll, maybe, we'll work maybe, on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a, a different hashtag, maybe. Uh, so, <laughs> like, are you guys getting into organic bananas? Chimps Gone Wild Foods. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Oh, there's oh, wow. It's all about the rhymes. That's one thing I learned. <laughs> we'll start an organic line just to, just to have the chimps gone wild foods tag. That's great. Uh, Hashtag. Okay. So, Kareem, look, I think it's time for you to tell us about Justin's son trying to get some attention. Yeah, Justin's son's trying to get some attention. So, here's the story. Presidential candidate Andrew Yang, as you guys know... In the Democratic debate, the last one, he announced that he was going to do universal basic income, basically a pilot program with 12 families. So this is his main platform. He believes in UBI. He's got his own vision of it. Well, so Justin Sun, of course, sees another publicity opportunity. So he was doing a live stream where, first of all, he assures everybody that oh, really soon, guys, like really, really soon, he's going to rearrange that lunch with Warren Buffett, that they're going to oh, reschedule geez. it. So that's that's in the works. <laughs> He's just it, he's it announcing. Like, imagine <laughs> Warren Andrew Yang schedule. to become the president so that he will give him asylum from the Chinese government <laughs> so that he can then have his dinner with Warren Buffett. But like so, Warren Buffett's schedule, you know, I, of he, course, of course. Re, he rescheduled like three days before. Right. And then it's like, OK, yeah. How are you going to find Warren Buffett doesn't want to give you any more time? No, no, of course not. Like he's a walking disaster. He's. And of course, the irony that he's announcing that he's going to reschedule. You could have just waited and been like, hey, listen, we're rescheduling that meeting. No, it's an announcement of the rescheduling as usual, uh, as it must be. Uh, but here's I didn't realize at the time, guys, and I, I do have a little rant about this at the end that's going to surprise you. But he tweeted actually to Donald Trump at the time. And he was like, hey, Mr. President, you are misled by the fake news that Bitcoin and blockchain, it's a great technology. And if you just have lunch with us, basically, he invited Donald Trump to go to the lunch with Warren Buffett. And he even appealed to Donald Trump's personality at the end. He's like, I guarantee you after this lunch, nobody will know more crypto than you. Very, uh, you know, he Ooh, knows his target. That's, that's for sure. Um, I have to know. I think most people, well, whatever, I'll get to that in a minute. Back to Yang. So now he just tweeted to Andrew Yang. That after he announced the debate, <laughs> this guy's going to one up it and cling on to the fame, right? So, quote, Yang's initiative to UBI $1,000 for 10 people for a month for a year. I'll pledge UBI $1,000 for 100 people in 2020. So, he's going to give 100 people 1000 a month. And he's like, I'll pick one to attend the lunch with me to Warren Buffett. And he's like, I'll pick uh, and I'll let Yang assist me in picking the 100 people. So he's just trying to glam on here. Oh, another marketing opportunity for Tron that's just going to cost whatever, one point two. Wow, it's going to cost a hundred thousand dollars a month for twelve months. That's 1. right, two million dollars. That's right, that's right. Um, but they get it in like some new token created. By yeah, of Tron. course, it's 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 all absurd with him. Look, it's so absurd. I literally never do this because I don't think it's relevant. Don't. It's not that I think I have any influence. I know I'm screaming into the abyss, but. 
I literally tweeted to Andrew Yang. I'm like, stay away from Justin Sun. No matter what you do, like if you touch him, you know, it's going to be so toxic. That's my bias. But I have to give Justin Sun credit about something, guys. And you know what this reminded me of? I remember when I was first kind of going out clubbing and stuff. I remember one day I saw a guy who was not the best looking guy. He was by himself. He was <laughs> didn't seem to have a lot of game. But he literally hit on every single woman in that club. Like every single one. He just kept batting. And I see this guy who has no scruples and I don't like Justin Sun. And I know he's willing to lie to people. But in a way... You have to admire his willingness to take every shot. He'll bid for a Warren Buffett thing. He'll invite the president. He'll get to presidential candidates. He'll throw himself at every single opportunity with no consequence about its future. But in a way, you have to recognize that that's how he's been able to elevate his profile so much. It's insane. It's crazy. He's like, he's, I mean, I don't want to say these words, but I feel like as far as marketing goes, he's kind of like a, he's very good at it. I'm not going to say he's a genius or anything, but he's definitely got, he understands how to get clicks, which is kind of, you know, it's just a, it's a thing in this, in today's society. Yeah. It, it's very Trumpian in a way, you know, where it's like, it's kind of uh, not taking in the future consequences into account, but like you can kind of. I almost feel like it's a Martin Gale. You just keep doubling down, bro. <laughs> and, and as long as you don't die or go to jail and you can, uh, you know, beg forgiveness of the great Chinese council <laughs> and get a free roll and continue going, you could just keep taking shots, apparently, you know? I just hope that he's, that Warren Buffett uh, does do the lunch, but then it's just at his McDonald's at like 5.40 a.m. in the morning and they just have like a McGriddle and it's literally seven minutes long and that's it. And he paid $4 million for that. Sounds uh, like... Damn. <laughs> To Kareem's point, I was uh, sorry. It's kind of like not related to the to the food, and and I <laughs> I know you guys expected me to to take that food and run with it, but uh, to Kareem's point, this is like the Ty Lopez thing. Like, yes. dude's a dude's a stone scammer, but like he fucking did it and created his little scam and did it completely correctly and was a marketing genius for what he did mm -hmm. whether he's providing anything for society is not questionably that he's not but he did succeed for himself that exactly brent and it's almost interesting I, and i want to emphasize i'm not endorsing the behavior in any way but i do think it's interesting how in a way their willingness to not care what people think is the same side of the coin like it's the side of the coin that Obviously, they don't have empathy and they can scam and they don't mind that a huge percentage of the world thinks that they're the worst pieces of garbage in the world as long as they have another group of people that they keep convincing and playing that game. So it's very like just only thinking about the results. But that not caring about what people think is also a positive trait in some moderation, right? And, and, exist, and exists in like a similar spectrum almost. It's hilarious because like you, as you, you were just referenced dating, you know, that's what they say, you know, like you gotta, you gotta have confidence. You gotta not care what people think. You gotta put yourself out there. And it's like, that's kind of what Trump and Justin Sun and maybe Ty Lopez all have in common. That's right. And it's, it's because like, this is like, at it's like most aggressive or extreme level mm -hmm. is like where it maybe gets a little like, well, this is just okay. Relax a little bit. There's a fine line. Yeah. So just like poker, in fact, there's a fine line. Like there's in order to succeed playing poker, you need to have this disconnect from the reality of what the money that you're putting in the pot is valued at. Like when you're betting $2,000 on a river, like you cannot have a concept for what you're doing with that money or what the compounding interest could be with that money if you lose or anything like that. But – if you have that disconnect, it is real easy to also have the disconnect between reality and what money does. So you end up becoming this massive degenerate gambler like a TJ Cloutier. So it's like you need to be in that tiny, tiny, tiny little sweet spot where you have the disconnect for what it does. But also you don't go too far. Mm -hmm. It's the same mm -hmm. kind of thing. And and we all have parts of this in our personality. You know, we're all either maybe we are too aggressive or we're not considerate enough of other people. And maybe some of <laughs> us are too risk averse and considering too much what people think without willingness to move with uh, intention with this something that these individuals 
really do embody. They just kind of power through the the resistance. So it is interesting and uh, whatever. That was my that was my little rant about Justin Sun. I still hate him though. <laughs> yep, still hate him. Doesn't matter. Hate Sun. All right, I'm uh, gonna take over my uh, original hosting duties that Brent then just uh, you know dictatorship again. He just transitioned no problem to the first story. Okay, the next story is about Bact. And Brent, uh, maybe you want to give us a little primer on what Bact is. B A K K T. What um, is Bact? Bact has been this thing that everyone thought was going to save crypto. They've been they're like, "Oh my god, as soon as Bact is out there, the institutional money is flowing in and that's going to be the end of it." Well, it's owned by ICE, which is uh, the New York Stock Exchange's parent company. Different ICE. And, <laughs> yeah, not, not, well, not the worried. ICE that Kareem had to deal with. So the Bitcoin Futures Exchange, it was a digital asset platform that was supposed to open in 2018. And it kept getting pushed back for regulatory reasons and all that. Well, a few days ago, it launched. And like I said, it's been this hinge point for like people are saying, Oh my God, like the, once the institutions are able to come in here, we're going to be good. It launched a few days ago in less than 24 hours, had 600,000 in contracts bought, which actually seems kind of low to me. I don't, I don't know like really how to compare that number, but 600,000 seems like a low number, but it was launched to like little fanfare as far as I can tell. So that could be part of it. And of course the price of Bitcoin went down uh, immediately. So it has been in a tailspin basically since, and there's no who knows if that's the reason i do believe that if a bunch of crotchety old dudes had the ability to short bitcoin and they didn't have that ability previously that it would probably drive the price down because crotchety old dudes think it's a scam but it went down that might have been related to like some annoying things that the bitcoin core developers did you never know what reason the price goes down is down so i bought some more i don't know <laughs> 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 That's how that worked. But anyway, uh, and apparently Adam found that the scammers all we've already got scammers that put up a fake website called backlaunch.com for a giveaway. Shocking. Backed. How did you not have that website purchased and let somebody squat on that for a scam? I don't know. PSA. This is just something that we need to say periodically. Maybe, you know, to new users, new people in the crypto space. If there is an ETH, if there is any giveaway for crypto, I'd say it's best to avoid that. Do not participate in yeah, those it's because it's almost what, what is happening is they are setting up a website that is, is fake to begin with. And then they're asking you for your 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 key, your private key. And then they're going to send it to you. But really, they're just going to... I, I'm not really sure. How does it work exactly? So the, did they then you now give them your private key and then they kind of can just like they filter have a few it out. Different ways. Sometimes they'll try to get your private key. Sometimes they'll say in order to join the, the giveaway, you have to send, you know, 10 Ethereum mm. to get a hundred or whatever the case. And that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that eternal lottery, right? That's still yeah. going on. Yeah. The bottom line yeah. is just, just stay away from anything like this and be vigilant and you have to be careful because it's very easy to just let your guard down and think everything's safe and then all of a sudden, boom, you're just giving your coins away to backlaunch.com. Get that cognitive dissonance there and, and think that like this time it's real. Uh, my personal actual uh, anecdotal story time just about scams and stuff, uh, The my, my grandfather before he died, few years ago, maybe six, he died a couple years ago. So maybe about six years ago, he calls up my dad and he says, I'm so happy. Like I won the Australian lottery and I didn't even know that I played the Australian lottery, but like I did and I won, I'm getting a few million dollars and I'm going to be able to give it to the whole family. And he was like super excited about it. Cause he knew he like, he was, he was like 90, 93 years old or something like that. He knew he was at the end of his life. And what they were preying on was how excited he was to be able to give that money to everybody else. Of course. So, of course, in order to get it, he sent them a bank wire of $45,000, which was just about all the money that he had. And he said he told us that. And then my dad went crazy. He's just like, oh, my God, got in contact with the bank. The bank's like, yeah, we see that wire. But unless your your father tells us to stop it, we, we can't. We cannot stop it from you. And no matter what we said to him, 
it didn't matter how how much we told him that this was a scam he was not willing to give his bank authorization to stop it he thought we were trying to keep him from his millions of dollars so the he thought we were the ones that were scamming him that's just give you an insight into how some of these people can prey on on people who get involved in these scams it's like the first touch point that's what they that's they'll stick to the end result is after hours and hours of talking to different people my dad found a rep that had some sympathy and canceled the wire even though they weren't supposed to and we then we immediately got power of attorney over him to to try and stop it from happening in the future and if we hadn't he would have tried at least 3 more times on separate occasions uh, he called us each time and said, it's okay. I know last time it wasn't real. This time it is. This time I really did win the lottery. And it was a total of four times. But they, yeah, they didn't They didn't get it from him. Uh, as seen on TV, got him just about once a week. He was able to call and buy like earwax removers or whatever and then come <laughs> give them to us as a gift. And it was, yeah. So watch out out there. It's really sad to see what happens. And that's got to be part of why I'm so like anti these scams and I hate them and I want to yell at all the like little crypto scams that exist because when we are crotchety old dudes, people are going to be getting our Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to be getting our, I, I don't, I can't even postulate what is going to be when we're old dudes. Well, I mean, I'm almost there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trending towards older. You, you've had the same gray hair since you were like 23 though. That's very true. I have had gray hair since I was 19. And Kareem's had his beard since he was like seven. I started <laughs> when I was nine. I'm the only one aging. There you go. Yeah. All right. So the next story is about the 640 crypto projects that have not posted a single. I guess I'm actually. Wow. I'm, my hosting duties. I'm not supposed to say the topic. I'm supposed to hand yeah, it off. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of the hosting power. Continue. All right, yeah, Kareem, I mean, would you're, you l- you're running the run pass option here, Adam? Ah, got it. Kareem, would you like to talk about the 640 crypto projects that haven't published a single line of code this year? Yeah, guys. So this was a big surprise to me. Apparently, a bunch of these projects are just scams or not serious or don't. <laughs> but why are you laughing, Brent? <laughs> no, no, yeah. yeah. No, seriously, guys. Yeah, no, no surprise here, but this was based on research from a company called uh, Coin Code Cap. So they looked at 2,000 different projects. They were looking at their GitHubs. 640 out of 2,000 startups, crypto startups, hadn't posted a single line of code in all of 2019. That's 32% of the market. Now, Keep in mind that when we're talking about projects that can succeed, that can do something, you know, you could still do a ton of code, a ton of infrastructure, and it doesn't catch on. It doesn't work. It doesn't whatever. So out of the remaining 60%, it's not even like that's those are the successful ones. Those are the ones that are trying, right? So right off the bat, they estimate the market capitalization of these dormant projects totals $415 million. For Jesus. example, Proton Token was the highest market cap one, $80 million in market cap. They haven't had a single line of code. And as we know here on the podcast and longtime listeners will know, this is because it became really easy to start projects, especially when you could fork codes or you could just launch tokens on existing platforms, right? Like if you could just, how hard is it really to launch an ERC-20 token if you're trying to do a fundraiser? Um, Wait, they it, said Proton Token had what market cap? Uh, eighty million. Well, currently they're at four million, or yeah, four million. Well, maybe, so maybe they suffered significantly since this was published. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, looks like they. Oh, so looks like they massive tanked starting in August fourth was their biggest. So yeah, I guess. That was two months ago. I don't know when this report was yeah, yeah. released. So this was an article based off of the report. So, you know, this is not maybe it's been out for a little bit and we just uh, found it. Yeah. Um, in August, they had a $40 million market cap in <laughs> on August 6th. And now they have four. <laughs> well, Good wow. job, guys. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, some people paid attention after the article. And then, guys, one more thing that I thought was interesting from the research is they looked at exchanges to see which exchanges had the most dormant coins listed which i really like that that's an interesting you know who's just leaving this garbage out there and the top three were crex 24 had 30 dormant coins coin exchange had 39 
and double anybody else almost, Yopit had 62, 62 dormant coins. Is that a Korean or is that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yobit. Chinese. So. Just, I put Yobit in that same category as HitBTC as like one of those exchanges where sometimes you have to go if you want to get some sort of fringe token, but that you shouldn't be there. Wait, ever. it's a Dash exchange? No. No. I just like I Googled it and it just comes up yobit.net and it's just immediately da- it says Dash exchange. Yobit um, exchange. No. Yep. Yeah, it looks like it is a Dash exchange. What does that even mean? Oh, they buy and sell Dash or use Dash as a primary currency. Who knows? We're not advertising them. They're the worst ones here. Forget about Yobit, everybody. <laughs> They're terrible. Also, I, I just like seeing the word startup in these, you know, it says 2000 startups because it is easy to forget that these coins are a business. They are companies, you know, and you saw, I think it's like a kind of you're not when you when you invest in the coin, like, yeah, you're, you're but you, you can't I think I think it's like de- one step detached sometimes when you invest in the stock market, you just immediately are like, oh, yeah, we're investing in this company almost, if that makes sense. And I think uh, this is also a large part of why 2017 to 2018, that that last like quarter, like, the you know, the winter kind of just hit us so hard while there was such a big drop in price because we all a lot of people just started investing in the coin and not even really caring i mean in in what the actual company was behind the coin but of course they're not investing adam because if they were then that would be securities and sure yeah (laughs) is this where we say we're not financial advisors I don't know. Uh, Have we not said that yet? We're going to say it later, but we'll say now. Yeah, say now, and then we need to say it later. Hey, we're not financial advisors. Next story. I just started seeing someone making an Instagram post about Bitcoin, and every single post, he's just like, I'm not a financial advisor. And it's like, like, the literal post is like a meme. Bitcoin went down (laughs) today, and he's like, I'm not a financial advisor. (laughs) Uh, uh, That seems a bit extreme. Uh, Now, uh, this is actually a story that uh, I happened to pick out and then overlooked that brent had actually picked it out under a different title it's pretty cool so brent you want to talk about uh google and it's a quantum supremacy yeah so we think google has achieved quantum supremacy we don't know and i'll tell you why we know quantum computing is coming first of all and we've talked about some of the chains being quantum resistant and that kind of thing according to a paper from google that was posted on the nasa website They were able to produce exactly one calculation that in three minutes and 20 seconds did what it would take the world's most computer to do to 10,000 years to do, uh, which is called summit. Now, here's the tricky thing. We say this with a grain of salt because that paper was taken down almost immediately and nobody from Google has commented on the paper. So it may be that this was not supposed to be leaked to the public yet and Either way, it looks like they're making strides toward a quantum computation, but they've only done one very specific computation. So the sky's not falling here. This is not going to all of a sudden mean that your SHA-256 is not secure anymore. So what else does it mean for crypto? Like the quick opinions of some in the community is basically nothing. We know quantum computing's coming. This doesn't accelerate it at all. This doesn't actually hurt any of the non-quantum resistant chains. This is really just maybe something that the devs needed to see so that they stop worrying about what BitPay is doing and start worrying about maybe some possible quantum resistance in the future. Everybody from the people developing the quantum computers at Google to Charles Hoskinson to Andreas Antonopoulos, they all believe that the timeline for quantum computing is between 10 and 30 years. So it's not like this around the corner. It's not like we're exponentially hitting this quicker. This is still something that's a little bit far off. We know that it's not going to be that easy to just make the computer once you hit quantum supremacy because they're basically creating, I don't know if these are simulations or how they're achieving this. We don't know because the paper got pulled down. But the future for crypto with this is just these chains need to just be worried about it. You know, like they need to understand... They need to have a plan. And it's not like we can just replace one for one SHA-256 on Bitcoin and we're fine. It doesn't work that way. So there needs to be another. We need to find a way to replace the entire 
core code without disrupting the entire community, which personally, even specifically on Bitcoin, is going to be really difficult to have implemented because of how things go with that particular coin. So yeah, that's that's that. I don't know what I don't know what the other thoughts are on it, but it's definitely interesting that we may have actually had a computation go through. I kind of want to say that it is. I believe that they it definitely happened, and uh, maybe the it just seems like a kind of like a. So what you're saying is that the company Google didn't realize they need to be scientifically peer reviewed, and they released it before. Like that needed to happen. I don't know. No, just no. There's a there's a million explanations. You know, like in in situations like this, we really don't know. We don't know if, if it was planned, not planned. If it was staff error, user error, like at a high level, low level, it could have been. Who knows? Yeah, right? they might have just hit publish on accident or sent the email to the wrong person that they shouldn't have sent it to. That happens. You to said be it was NASA team. that published it, right, Brent? Yes. So they, they collaborated as far as I can tell. Too. Right. So maybe NASA wasn't informed of what is and what wasn't, or this individual forgot to read his terms of agreement on the collaboration that they weren't supposed to. Re- I mean, who knows? You know, uh, by the uh, way, yeah. do you know about uh, QRL? Have you heard of this coin? Quantum resistant ledger. Is that what it stands for? Yeah. Did you just quickly Google that? Or no, no. I just it makes nice. sense. We were talking about quantum. Yeah. There's a few coins that are yeah. quantum resistant in their own state, we think. Or that and are planning it- to be. Uh, this yeah no this coin I actually think I noticed a few years ago and it's called extern it's externally audited enterprise grade blockchain platform secure against an attack from quantum computers so it's made specifically kind of to protect whatever you know maybe I guess it's maybe it's a wallet or whatever they're already out there trying to they know that quantum computers are coming so this is good to see. It's also important to note that when quantum computing becomes a reality, it's not like the next day Bitcoin is cracked. First of all, the people would have to get access to the computers and have to be targeting Bitcoin specifically. And yeah, they can run those numbers pretty quickly, but it's still going to be hard to crack shot 56. Maybe if they have the private key or the public key, they might be able to make something because there's a different there's a different encryption layer that's not as secure once you have the one of the two pairs i don't know what that one i don't know what it's called but the anyway uh sky's not falling here sky may be falling for other reasons because the price is falling but this is interesting technological advancement that the developers need to take note of and have a plan for that's it yeah i think it's it's pretty interesting i think that so if we had a quantum computer also like if you they probably have a list of all the what the the computations that they want to make as soon as it's operational and i would think that bitcoin and all of that is probably pretty far on the list there's probably hundreds of thousands of of, of, uh different things that you would want it to focus on as if you need to get funding sure but yeah and now we have one more story by kareem over there kareem you want to talk to uh, talk to us about (laughs) telegram (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why that sounded well, so funny. That? <laughs> we got a story by Kareem over there. Yeah. So remember we were hinting at, I just kind of wanted to touch on the Libra story because I think that this is being undercovered and it is a very interesting story that's developing, which is Telegram is essentially about to sneak in the largest blockchain launch in history while everybody's fighting about Libra. And it's interesting to look at how they manage to kind of stay under the radar and how there are some different implications about what they're planning on doing. So as you guys know, everybody's pretty mad about about Libra. The EU, the U.S. Congress, the Federal Reserve, everybody's kind of like clamping down, right? Telegram has said that they are getting ready to launch the Telegram open network. It's going to be called TON. Not Tron. Don't get excited, Adam. TON. Without an R. Okay. TON. Uh It's a fuck ton of money that they raised. That's for sure. All right. So this is going to launch. You ready for this? By the end of October, they say they're going to be ready to go. 365 million users is what Telegram has. Now, of course, that doesn't mean everybody is going to jump on board, but that's their base, their reach of a network, right? So how is it that they managed to raise... Almost $2 billion, $1.7 billion was the exact amount for this project. They're getting ready to launch it, and it gets almost no press. And they've taken a different attitude. They have basically 
not not really deny, but not um, engage with any comments about it. Anytime people had questions about it, and the little things that came out were like some kind of obscure leak, but they never really confronted. Yeah, we're developing this and we're working on that, and it's going to work like this. Well, just recently on September eighth, they dumped half a million lines of code, hundreds of pages of new documentation, and their beta. And according to them, they're going to be ready Let's to launch alpha. fully decentralized, right? So here's here's the idea. If they can deliver on the decentralization, this is going to be one of the largest launches ever. It's not going to be one of the largest blockchains at the time of launch. It'll be one of the largest launches. Yet the approach is differently. I check out these quotes from a couple of different institutions. The German Central Bank, quote, we do not possess any specific information on ton, ton, ton. <laughs> and that's why we cannot comment on this app. The European Central Bank. It looks like another crypto experiment. Not really an issue for regulators and to oversee at this stage. Interesting. N- not what people are saying about Libra, right? So according to Ton Labs, though, this is because of the way that they structured it. And they're saying, look, we are not the same thing as Libra. Because while Libra is actually trying to take control, and it's all these companies like Uber and Facebook coming together and saying, like, we're going to control this, Telegram is claiming to launch a truly decentralized network. So here's a quote from the VP. His name is Pavel Prigolovko. Quote, if there is one person who manages the payment system, it is this person who must comply with all of the laws and regulations of the regulators. And if there is no central agent and there is no one to present the requirements to, then there's nobody to, quote unquote, obey the law, which is difference, right? Facebook is remaining in control in a way. Libra, I mean, disconnected, but you guys know what I'm saying, that entity, that group of corporations. Um, And one of the other main challenges is going to, for them, is going to be able to actually have enough people run a node. And according to this guy, they're ready for that. They've developed a system, and he specifically says that they developed industrial-grade solutions uh, so that people can run nodes. So I just want to remind everyone, running a node takes time, right? Like if you've been on Discord, you know that we're associated with, for example, CryptoPiece 2. They're all they're over at Ultimate Nodes IO. They run nodes for people because for a lot of these blockchains, like Horizon, you need to have some technical knowledge to run a, a proper node. So Telegram right. here is saying, when we launch... Yes, that requirement is still going to be there, but we, we're packaging it in a way that it's going to be easy for you to have the equipment, for you to have the knowledge, for you to have, be able to implement, so to speak. So if they succeed, then this thing is going to be out in the wild and the regulators aren't going to have an entity to come down on. Even if they try to come down on Telegram, it's not going to be the same thing, you know? So the last thing I want to say on this is they're answering questions the right way, it seems like. For example, one of the questions was, what are you guys going to do about data and transparency and privacy and all this stuff, which is an issue that Facebook has. But look at this response. Quote, we do not collect or store data. It's a decentralized and public system, so it's fully transparent. All transaction details will be public like on any other public ledger. Hard to debate that, right? Interesting that they are a little bit at least privacy oriented with their end to end encryption for the private chats, but it appears to be a non private, like it's not like Monero or anything like that. This is a pseudo anonymous yeah. ledger. Yeah, more like the Bitcoin style. Um, now, doesn't mean it's perfect. Look, there's some possible conflicts of interest. So, for example, there's an exchange called Black Moon, and it's going to be one of the first exchanges to offer Graham, and apparently they're going to have some kind of special deal. Well, the co-founder of that exchange is the VP of Telegram, so there might be some conflicts of interest. Some, I mean, there's definitely things to explore there. But while everybody's focused on fighting on Libra, we are around the corner from possibly one of the most important launches here into a social network. Do it for the Graham. It's it pretty impressive. Graham. Yeah. From this, when they raised $1.7 billion for their ICO, I was kind of skeptical, to be honest. Well, yeah, I, we were kind of shitting on them because they raised all this money and did nothing. Like, they didn't tell anybody they were doing anything. They're just like, well, all right. Well, I mean, that is Telegram in a nutshell. Like, when you're on Telegram, everything's encrypted. So maybe they just, yeah, obviously, somewhat of a bad oh, I thought joke. you meant, like, when you're on Telegram, nobody says anything because... <laughs> 
I thought that was like a like a shot fired there, but it's not. No, I don't. I don't particularly like Telegram, especially versus like Discord. I understand that Discord is not a a great platform as far as like their privacy concerns and that kind of thing, but uh, it's so much more usable than Telegram. Telegram just is not that fun to use. Yeah, I agree. So we do have a mailbag question actually from our very own editor, Jason. Uh, Yeah, we do. So he asked how do happenings work exactly? And why do they take place? Does a coins value double after will I have $1,000 worth of Litecoin, for example, if I had 500 before. So take it away guys. Okay. So, First of all, it's important to remember that when we're talking about halvings, we're not talking about the total supply of the coin. You're talking about the increase in supply over time. So we have an increase in supply of, let's say, 12 Bitcoin every time that 12.5 Bitcoin every time that a new block is created. Right. So that means when there's a halvening, it means that from that point forward, every block that gets created is only going to award six Bitcoin. Therefore, there is going to be less new Bitcoin coming into existence. And therefore, the supply, you could say that it's inflating at a, at a slower value. As to what does that do for the value where these currencies are free floating in a quote unquote free market system, right? So it's just going to depend. People think or we believe that when the supply decreases, the natural response is going to be increasing demand. And therefore, the price is going to go up because you know, the price was accounting for this growth and now you're going to have less growth. So it's going to be a more of a scarce resource, but that's not a guarantee at all, right? That is not a guarantee because markets are psychological and lots of things could damage it. Let's say, for example, that as the happening approaches, Google officially announces, yep, actually, you know, here's the release, uh, quantum computer totally breaks shot 256 or whatever. We're not saying that that's what's going to happen, but this is just a hypothetical, right? Well, Bitcoin could have in and still go down in value because people think that the blockchain itself is compromised. So prices are still psychological ultimately, right? But the trend should be for it to increase in price because there's going to be a decrease in supply. Yeah, it's not like a stock split though. So I think what Jason was thinking is if you have a stock and it splits, Mm -hmm. your stock tends or reverse splits, I guess is what he'd be referring to. But when a stock splits, if you have one, you have 100 shares now. You have the same monetary value, but your shares are worth one one hundredth of what they used to be worth, but you have a hundred of them. And then if the stock reverse splits, say you had a hundred shares and they go down to one, that means that your one share is worth one hundred times what it used to be, but you only have one share instead of a hundred. And that is so I can see where that thinking might come in. So very succinct explanation, Kareem. And I have a quote from a Discord here that I do want to read off. And I want the listeners to chime in as to whether they think this might have been an alternate account of Kareem's today's podcast episode referring to last week, the one that I wasn't on, which makes it very suspicious to begin (laughs) with is probably one of the best so far. Yeah. Kareem's explanation of recent fed interest rate cut and infusion of fresh money into the banking system to decrease overnight borrowing rates was superb. And to the point, I must say that Kareem is a genius clap, clap emoji emoji. And uh, I got to give myself some props for asking the simple, dumb questions to get that out of Kareem. So <laughs> it was a beautiful flowing conversation. Adam, yeah. that with the way that you and I synchronized, it was real good. You know, there wasn't this like, you know, negative, oppressive energy that we deal with sometimes on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so you're a genius. And there, there you have it. So if you want to listen to that episode, listen to what this alternate Kareem account believes is a genius explanation possibly the best explanation of whatever the fuck he was explaining ever what's the best words your story your story breaks down at the thought that i would actually go through the process of logging out at a social media platform (laughs) log into different details to write something (laughs) like i have a hard enough time managing my normal Social media accounts. <laughs> uh, just just want to go back to the mailbag real quick and give a shout out to Cryptoni86 and uh, the Black Brand. Uh, and also, I mean, Crypto Peace 2 for they were just kind of helping, assisting Jason in understanding basically what Kareem just went into as well. Nice. We got a great community. Get in on Discord. Yeah. 
It's awesome. <laughs> this morning, they said, wow, okay, the price of Bitcoin drops, so now all of a sudden the Discord is dead. And Kareem said he, that this was going to be the last episode of the show. <laughs> no sarcastic emojis or anything. And they're just like, oh, no. No, wait. This- yeah. So anyway, yeah, you're missing out on that if you're not in the in the in the Discord. And in the meantime, please remember that we are not, in fact, financial advisors at all. We are just a couple of two, three, four idiots talking about crypto in a way that makes sense. Brent, Brent, is yeah, you're not two you. people anymore. You're, you're just one, buddy. You're doing great with the, with the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> you haven't been taking the layups lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one was, come on. You, <laughs> you described the three of us as four <laughs> people. Like, what, where, what else do I go with that? I was, I was trying to include Jason. Jeez. Uh, oh, MVP. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the Crypto Basic Podcast. This is our flagship Friday on September 27th. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for uh, listening. Deuces. Deuces.